Cast your mind back uh, maybe five, six months uh, when COVID was first being discussed and one of the big questions always being asked then was how is this going to impact property prices and there were many people thinking well people are going to stop buying houses they won't be able to move uh, transactions will slow down and while there has been an element of that it certainly hasn't been diving off a cliff like many of the doomsayers would have predicted be easy to predict that right at the outset and also to believe it which a lot of people did simon presley didn't necessarily subscribe to that and his evidence the evidence he's been able to bring forward has certainly proven that he joins me simon uh thanks again for your time my pleasure kevin yeah interesting wasn't it i I, i've you've been able to share some of the figures with me but going back in time you know four five six months ago there were predictions of 10 20 and even 30 percent declines they just simply haven't happened Simon. Uh, keep going, my friend. I think there were some who got to 40 and 50%, if you can believe it or not. Um, and no, it, it, it got nowhere near. And we're not saying that the coronavirus is, is, is by any means over um, or that there's not some potential for, for property prices in parts of Australia to recede. But uh, far from the, uh, the doomsday um, uh, forecast, uh, looking sort of what actually has happened over the last six months, um, the, the, t- the three markets that have lost the most ground, Melbourne's lost about 4%, which is hardly Armageddon, and it has been in absolute lockdown, hasn't it, for the last couple of yep. weeks or so. Sure has. Uh, Sydney has lost about 2 maybe 3% um, in that period of time. Uh, we did say uh, at the start of this calendar year before the coronavirus that our two biggest cities had the weakest uh, fundamentals of our capital city markets anyway. Perth's lost about um, 1.5%, 2% since March, but that said, um, I think those in Perth have every reason to believe that it's going to see price growth for the first time in five or six years. Mm. And we've seen uh, Canberra and Hobart, the median house price is greater today than what it was in March. Um, Darwin is actually starting to gain a bit of ground for the first time in several years. And property prices in Adelaide and Brisbane are exactly the same now as what they were six months ago. Not to mention our regions, most of which have seen price growth and rental growth over the last six months. So have the regions held up better than the Cap City markets, or is that just a generalisation? Most regions have, uh, have, have gained ground. They were gaining ground before the coronavirus. And I guess if we think about how does the coronavirus impact property markets, um, the international borders close, so, you know, international students, international tourists, uh, they affect um, our bigger sort of Sydney-Melbourne markets and not so much regional Australia. Um, the germ breeds in congestion, so the higher the density, the greater the risk of a lockdown. Um, so outside of our capital cities, we're, we're not as congested and many of them, it's largely business as usual. Um, we know housing supply, a germ does not dump dwellings on a country. Um, and, and one of the main reasons we said that we uh, we didn't feel uh, major price declines would occur is because Australia actually has an undersupply of, of dwellings. Large parts of Australia are really, really tight. Um, and the virus doesn't, doesn't impact that whatsoever. We still need to live somewhere. So what, what have been the fundamentals? I, I want to talk to you a little bit about your thoughts about what is going to happen because no, I guess no one really knows. But, but what have been the fundamentals that have held the markets up? Why do you think they, they haven't been impacted? 
Uh, well, the things we said back in March and all this um, thing um, you know, started, Kevin, uh, is exactly how it's how it's unfolded. That housing is shelter, and too often, look, I know they mean well, but these people that are put up on a pedestal as so-called experts are not trained in property markets. And I'm referring to, you know, the, the economists are the most guilty of them. Of course, they say what they believe, and I guess that's why they're often referred to for commentary. But nowhere in, in an economics degree uh, do they actually study all the many things that influence property markets. But it's shelter at the end of the day, and property markets don't respond wildly like a share market uh, might. You know, a share market can go wildly up or down within hours. Property markets at the end of the day um, don't do that because it's a very expensive commodity and it's an essential commodity. And when uh, when when all this uh, the coronavirus stuff started, Kevin, we'd had five um, interest rate reductions. That has a big bearing on household budgets, even if someone who is paying off a mortgage, if their personal income had been adversely affected by the coronavirus, their expenses had already diminished significantly. Um, because of the interest rate cuts. Um, the uh, the job side of things, yes, there's been some significant job losses, but what hasn't been focused on is about three quarters of, of the country still have those same jobs, and those who are, have, have been most affected by job losses are in the lower income sector, so the hospitality is, a, is an example of that, and that's more a renter than a home owner. Um, so they really haven't... As always, they consider Australia as one market, mm. never has been, yeah. never will be, uh, yeah. and they don't think enough about the many factors that affect property markets. Well, let me give you um, pay devil's advocate for a moment. I mean, there's a lot of propping up of the economy right now, shoring up on loans and, um, you know, shoring up on people who've lost their income. What happens when all that stops? Well, look, look, what happens if it doesn't? You know, I guess where all this fiscal cliff, which is a good-for-nothing term um, that might get a lot, a lot of clickbait and create a lot of unnecessary fear, but it all stems from whether it's banks agreeing to uh, support requests to put a loan payment on hold or whether it's federal and state, uh, state governments with various income support packages. The intention is to support, not to harm. And, of course, when they announced any of these many, many policies, it would have been reckless if they didn't put an end date to it. But the end date was always based on what each stakeholder believed would be a sufficient period of time. But they don't have a crystal ball any more than you or anybody else. Initially, it was hoped that coronavirus that Australia would get on top of it by September. So there's no coincidence why, you know, loan repayment deferrals and JobKeeper, for example, September was announced as the initial end date. But of course, as time has unfolded and we haven't got you know totally on top of the coronavirus, those dates have been extended, and and they because it hurt, it helps no one um, to just pull the rug out no, from everybody. Yeah. Um, and I fully expect that they will continue to provide whatever support they need to Kevin, because it's in the whole nation's interest to do that. Yeah. And it's a good thing that we have the financial arsenal to be able to do that. Uh, there are lots of people who took out the JobKeeper uh, initiative that have since gone back to full employment. Similarly, there are lots of people who deferred loans that have since um, started 
repaying them. So I'm not greatly concerned by that. Well, this week we heard the RBA uh, kept rates on hold at a, a record low, but there has been word this week that the banks may just move independent of the RBA and start to increase rates anyway uh, in an effort to maybe, and I shouldn't use the word gouge, but uh, in, in an effort to regain some of the lost territory. Uh, they could do. I wouldn't be surprised if they actually went the other way. Um, we, you know, let's not forget that we had two years where APRA made credit very, very difficult to get. And it was roughly 12 months ago from now that uh, APRA finally took the break off things and allowed banks to do what they always wanted to do, and that was to lend to responsible people. Um, banks are well well cashed up, and they want to they wanna lend more money. They'll never be reckless. They're not, not allowed to, nor should they be allowed to. Um, but they're wanting to, to, to lend more, and uh, you know, I believe that their margins are, uh, are pretty healthy. Um, and and you know, our clients are seeing banks rolling out the carpet. Um, you know, those who have secure incomes, banks are as competitive as what they've been for for many years in, in trying to get that borrower on mm. their books as opposed to a competitor's books. Always good talking to you, mate. Thank you very much. Simon Presley's from Propertyology. Interesting insight there. Uh, what do you think? Uh, give us a call. 131 873. Simon, thanks again for your time. Good on you, Kevin. Thank you.